Hello, and welcome to The Overtake. I'm your host, John Bazella, President and CEO of the Alliance for Automotive Innovation. This podcast is about the automotive industry and the people, events, and policies that shape it. Today, we're continuing our multi-part series on economic development and the impact of the automotive industry on local communities and economies. In our last episode, we talked with Carla Bello of the Center for Automotive Research about the economic and national security implications of automotive manufacturing, including the multiplier effect of these investments, the domestic supply chain, and automotive exports. For the second episode in this series, we are taking things local, specifically to Huntsville, Alabama, where Mazda and Toyota opened a joint manufacturing facility that began producing the first vehicles last September. The facility, Mazda Toyota Manufacturing, has the capacity to produce 150,000 units of Mazda's CX-50 and 150,000 units of the Toyota Corolla Cross while employing 4,000 team members. If you've ever wondered how these facilities move from concept to reality and the economic benefits they provide to the cities, regions, and states where they are located, we have a fantastic guest who will explain how that works and more. Joining us is Mark Brazil, the Vice President of Administration at Mazda Toyota Manufacturing. Mark oversees all administration operations at MTM, including human resources, safety, production control, environmental, accounting, and external affairs. He also happens to be a native of Alabama. Mark, welcome to The Overtake. Well, thank you, John, and thanks to everyone at the Alliance for Automotive Innovation for providing me with the opportunity to speak on behalf of Mazda Toyota Manufacturing, or as we say here in Huntsville, MTM. Love it. Well, first, congratulations again on the new facility. It must feel like a decade ago that job one rolled off the line, but in real people terms, it's not that long ago. So bring us up to speed. What's it like on the floor of the plant? How's production going? And tell us a little bit more about what you're doing there. Yeah, sure. First of all, as you stated, MTM has the capacity to produce 150,000 units of the Mazda's CX-50. We started production on the Mazda CX-50 back in January of this year. We also have the capacity to produce 150,000 units of the Toyota Corolla Cross. We started production on the Corolla Cross in September of 2021. So we've been in production a little while now. We're kind of ramping up to start our second shifts of production. And we're about 32, 3,300 team members at this point, ramping up to 4,000 team members. Hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have everyone trained, everyone hired to support both production lines and two shifts of production. Now, a little bit more about Mazda Toyota Manufacturing or the interesting metrics about this project is collectively Mazda, Toyota, and MTM has invested $2.3 billion into this company. So we're really a plant, a company that's going to be here for generations. When the project was announced back in 2018, this project was the top economic development project in the state of Alabama for 10 years. So it's a very large manufacturing plant that has really grown up from an agricultural field back in 2018. So it's been an amazing journey to see the plant start up. 
I can imagine. I want to get into a little bit more of that. But first, you're an Alabama native, as I mentioned. So how did you get involved with MTM? (laughs) John, there's both a short version and a long version to that answer. The short version is I was assigned to MTM from Toyota in 2018, and then started with MTM on a full-time basis in really August of 2018. So I've been here since the site work phase of the project. Now, the longer version, I started my career in manufacturing back in 1993 in the state of Alabama, although that was in textile manufacturing. I started my career as a production supervisor for a well-known apparel company in a yarn mill. But I think everyone knows that textile plants and the textile industry started moving south in the late 90s. And a lot of the plants here in Alabama began to close at that time. And I kind of transitioned from textiles into the automotive industry in 1999. I worked for an automotive supplier company in Lexington, Kentucky. And one of our customers was the Toyota plant in Georgetown, Kentucky. I really gained a lot of respect for Toyota through that experience of working for Toyota as a supplier. And I really kind of set a goal to gain employment with Toyota. Mm. Uh, Skip ahead to 2002. I received a job offer from Toyota to be one of the managers that would start up the Toyota engine plant in Huntsville. So I was able to move back home to Alabama and really, again, kind of start working for Toyota, which was a company that I had a tremendous amount of respect for. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, there's both a macro story in your story as well as a specific or micro story that applies to you specifically, right? I mean, this idea that what you've seen across the South in Alabama and in other uh, states in the Southeast, notably, is an investment by automotive manufacturers and major suppliers in communities where you saw the loss of textile jobs, right? So you could see that almost as a theme in terms of the redevelopment of Southern state economies as a result of automotive investments. Am I making too much of that? Or would you agree that that's what you see on the ground? Yes, I wholeheartedly agree to that point. And it is one point that I would like to make. Really and truly, I'm just one of thousands of fortunate Alabamians who transitioned from textiles into the automotive industry in the late 90s and during the 2000s. Those opportunities all came from the hard work of elected officials and also individuals engaged in economic development on behalf of the state of Alabama. So it's been an interesting journey from textiles to the automotive industry. But again, I'm just an example of one of thousands of Alabamians who have made that transition. And again, it's really all in part to the economic development efforts from people here in the state of Alabama. Yeah. So let's get into that. You mentioned a massive number, over $2 billion investment. Huntsville, this is a number one economic development deal at the time. So how did the match get made? What did Toyota and Mazda see in Huntsville and what did Huntsville see in you? How did that come together? I think it came together based on multiple factors. There's really never one single factor that is the specific reason a company selects a specific site. Instead, it's a stack up of positive factors. And I think that's the the case in the story here in Huntsville between MTM and the city of Huntsville. Number one, the site itself was a TVA mega site and the city of Huntsville had made significant investments 
in utilities to the site. Why is that important? Well, that helps reduce overall project lead time from site work to the start of production. And everybody's trying to get into production as quickly as possible to reduce capital investment and startup expenses. So that was a key factor. Uh, And let me just interrupt you for a second. When you say mega site, tell folks what that means. So you're talking about a site that the state and local officials worked to get ready for an investment of this size. So with the appropriate benefits aligned with it, right? Or positive attributes, as you said. Yes. In this case, the city of Huntsville made significant investments to run utility lines, sewer lines, gas lines out to the site. TVA has a large substation that could provide redundant power to a large manufacturing plant such as MTM here at the site. So those were investments that TVA and the city of Huntsville had made to kind of put this site on the map for site selection committees. Interesting. And would it be fair to say that at some point in the process, MTM would have been looking at multiple sites, right? Yes, absolutely. Everything is usually kind of narrowed down to a final top two or three. And that was the case with this site as well. Now, there were other factors. The city of Huntsville made commitments to improve road infrastructure around the project site. This greatly helps get, you know, our 4,000 team members to the site on a daily basis and also helps with the logistics of inbound freight. Additionally, there is a rail line that is basically a stone's throw away from the site, and that was existing infrastructure. We have many of our Corolla Crosses and CX-50s go out via rail. So by having that rail line so close, the spur was a relative short distance type of rail spur. And again, that just helps reduce the overall master schedule and, and, and time to get to production. Mm-hmm. So you outlined a series of positives about the site that attracted you. I think this might be to some an obvious question, but let's talk through it. What is attractive to Alabama and Huntsville about this investment? I think multiple things. Again, number one, the fact that we're bringing 4,000 NTM jobs to the local economy. And additionally, we have supplier partners that are producing parts right here on NTM's campus. And then we also have near-site suppliers that are just a few minutes drive from NTM. Those supplier partners are bringing another 2,000 jobs to the local economy. So all in all, it's around 6,000 total jobs. And those are the direct jobs with MTM and the supplier partner companies. And I'm sure there's hundreds, if not thousands of more of indirect jobs that this company is bringing to the local economy. As as far as economic impact, minimally, once we're fully staffed, we will be contributing, you know, $200 million on an annual basis in payroll to the local economy. So that's a big metric in terms of economic development. But I certainly hope and and trust that the city of Huntsville, the, the state of Alabama, other communities in North Alabama understood that MTM was bringing jobs, but also bringing a commitment to really and truly become a hometown type of company here in Huntsville and also North Alabama engage in supporting nonprofit organizations in North Alabama, and also engage with local high schools, 
career tech schools, community colleges, to create career pathways for graduating high school students that maybe don't have mm. a four-year college plan to start a career in manufacturing here at MTM. Yes. That piece of it, I think, gets sometimes lost in the numbers, right? I mean, yes, the jobs, yes, the multiplier effect of those jobs, as we talked about with a previous guest, right? The economic analysis that says for every one of those MTM jobs, you've got multiples of supplier jobs, as well as indirect employers, right? Community activity around those plans. So it is, I think, really important what you're talking about when you're thinking about the broader economic impact. I want to come back to the community in a second. So when you started, this was what we would call a greenfield, right? You talked about what had been prepped already, but this is basically a huge space of dirt effectively. Yes. Yes. Around 2,700 acres to be developed. And so from the point at which the decision was made to job one, Give us a sense of how long that took and what some of the key steps along the way were and what were some of the things you had to navigate, some of the maybe known things that you expected, but maybe some of the unexpected bumps along the road. So, John, regarding the timelines, we actually have two production lines. Again, one that produces the Mazda CX-50 and also one that produces the Corolla Cross. The starts of production were separated by about six months. January 2022 for the CX-50 and September of 2021 for the Corolla Cross. So site work started in August of 2018. Construction started in January of 2019. And then we started getting the, the buildings handed over to us in the fall of 2021. That included our central office building, as well as the manufacturing buildings as well. And from there, we moved into equipment installation phases for both production lines. That started in 2021. And then that led us up to the start of production in 2021 and later in 2022. Doing that part, though, I'm sorry, like there's a pandemic yes. happening, right? So yes. That I forgot create, about that. Yes. Yeah, that had to create some <laughs> dynamics, I would think, right? I mean, that's clearly not something you all planned for, I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. Obviously, the pandemic had an impact on construction and the machine and equipment installation phase of the project. Specifically, back in April of 2020, multiple states began to really lock things down. We were very fortunate that at that time, Governor Ivey, the governor of the state of Alabama, stated that the automotive industry was essential business. So that allowed us to be able to continue construction here at the site. But we wanted to make sure that we provided a safe and healthy workplace during the construction phase. So we stopped work for about two weeks and did a deep analysis of every single job duty that was scheduled to be performed during the construction phase to make sure that it could be done safely. What do I mean by safely? Basically, we wanted to follow the CDC recommendation that all work be performed outside of a six-foot distance. So in some cases, we had jobs that required two construction workers to be working side by side. So we had to come up with a new way to do that type of work. And 
we did a lot of re-engineering of work at that time. And that caused some impact to the overall master schedule. But that's okay, because we were certainly able to protect the construction worker safety and health when it comes to not only construction work, but also the COVID pandemic as well. So you were able to make those adjustments and continue to move through the process. And then by September of 2021, you're rolling production vehicles off the line. Yes, that's correct. Amazing. You know, to me, having you know, sort of been around this industry for some time, even putting the pandemic aside seems to be a very, very fast process from the preparation of the site through job one. Is that your experience? Yes, absolutely. Both the parent companies, Toyota and Mazda, are always reflecting on previous projects and understanding what can be done more efficiently to reduce the overall master schedule of a new greenfield startup. And especially Toyota that has multiple plants here in the United States, there's been a lot of wisdom and efficiencies gained from those multiple projects. All of that was built into the master schedule for Mazda Toyota manufacturing. And we were able to learn from those lessons that Toyota has experienced over the past 25 years, building new plants here in the U.S. So that yeah, helped so Continuous us. improvement. Absolutely. Not just in the production of vehicles, but in every aspect of the company, including a greenfield startup. Amazing. I understand you'll be hosting a community appreciation event, I think soon, maybe June 30th, to thank the local community for their support of MTM. And I, you know, that brings me to a broader question about how the community and the city has embraced the facility. And I have a two-part question. One is, as the process was underway, did the community have concerns? And if you could share maybe a little bit about what some of those concerns were and how you had to manage them, as well as what you expect at this appreciation event and what your sense of the sort of view of the community is now. Specifically in terms of concerns, I think any community has a concern when a new company, especially a company the size of MTM, comes into the local community. They want to make sure that the company is committed to being a socially responsible company. In our case, that means ensuring that we follow all environmental guidelines and regulations, that we're following all safety rules and, and regulations and committing not only to protect our team members' safety, but the community safety in terms of environmental responsibility. So I think we have most certainly gone above and beyond when it comes to ensuring that the community feels that this is going to be a safe place for our employees, but also a safe place relative to environmental concerns. That's maybe a couple of things that I think any community is looking for. Second, I think they want a company that's going to be engaged in the local community. And here at MTM, we have certainly tried to show our appreciation to the community up to this point, but we do have this community appreciation event on June 30th. And this is really just our time to say thank you. Thank you to elected officials that have supported us, but also thank you to the general community as well. We're going to be able to make some grant awards during the community appreciation event, and we're really excited about this. This is our first 
opportunity to award some financial donations to some nonprofits in North Alabama, in the city of Huntsville. And our donation strategy focuses on three main areas, which include education, quality of life, and also economic development. We received over 60 grant requests, and we actually partnered with the Community Foundation here in Huntsville to support the launch of this grant program. And on the 30th, we're going to announce up to $180,000 in grant monies to well-deserving associations. They've been supporting us, so this is a great opportunity to give back to the local community and show our appreciation. Yeah, from my perspective, that seems to be such a great way to do it, right? Because it is a two-way street that you're building and establishing. And it sounds like it will be very well received on the 30th. And it sounds like the grant program is the beginning of an ongoing process of engagement with the community. Is that right? Yes. Over the past couple of years, we've been collaborating with local high schools and also community colleges to establish these career pathways. So we've already been engaged again with the local schools, but this is the first opportunity to really make significant contributions to nonprofits in this area since our groundbreaking ceremony back in 2018. One example is we've been supporting a girl STEM camp this summer. We're doing that from some financial donations, sponsorships, but also some hands-on support of the STEM camp as well. So that's something that we're excited about. And back in April, we were very fortunate to be the title sponsor of the 2022 Panoply Arts Festival in Huntsville. And that was the 40th anniversary for Panoply. And it was attended by an estimated 65,000 people here in the city of Huntsville. So again, just another way to engage and support the local community. Yeah, it's two themes, right? One is putting down roots. And then to your point about STEM, this idea of building for the future. And so as we wrap up here, you've launched two products, you're ramping up to, I guess what you'd call a fully loaded plant. So what does the future hold for MTM? And what's your outlook as you, you know, look forward to the next, say, five to 10 years? Well, John, I've certainly worked to prepare some answers to your question, but this is a question which I simply cannot answer. In the very near future, we're going to launch a couple of hybrid models for the CX-50 and the Corolla Cross and bring those to the market. And that's something that we're really excited about. But more than that, honestly, I've learned over the past few years that in life in general and concerning our project, it certainly has been challenging to predict the future. No one saw the pandemic in the future when MTM's project was announced back in 2018. No one foresaw other challenges that have faced the automotive industry as well as MTM. But one thing I can predict with confidence relative to any type of challenge or problems that we may experience, I have the utmost confidence that our team here at MTM is going to collaborate, work together as a team to overcome those problems and persevere through any type of challenge that comes our way. So I am confident about that, but really can't foresee the future and understand what types of problems or challenges those those may be. Well, Mark, thank you for being on The Overtake. It's been a fascinating conversation, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Well, thank you, John. It was my pleasure. For everyone else, thanks for joining us. 
Remember to like and follow the Alliance for Automotive Innovation on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and subscribe to The Overtake wherever podcasts can be found. Until next time, thanks.